you're the creative director for uh, Sean Diddy Combs. But tell me a little bit about like, you know, what you're doing um, and how you kind of got to where you are today. Yeah, so uh, I've been working with Puff for almost come up like three or four years. Uh, recently with the birth though of my daughter, um, Elle, to my amazing wife, Chanel. Shouts out to both of them because they're the best. Congratulations. I, you know, I had to take a more of a consulting role of the company just to be able to, you know, be more of a dad. Uh, it's awesome, really, man. really important to me. So the, the interesting thing about getting this role is like it wasn't even my initial role. I had came on trying to get hired by Ciroc. Right. Uh, a friend of mine who worked at Blue Flame, you know, he kept pitching me and hitting me all the time. Like, yo, Ciroc wants to do this, Ciroc wants to do that. But the trigger was never pulled. So one day he hit me. He's like, yo, serious, serious, not lying. Ciroc wants to get on social media. They want to get out of heavy. We see what you're doing. Like, would you be interested? It's like, all right, cool. Like, if you say it's real this time, I'm interested. Let's see what happens. So long story short, uh, the VP of Blue Flame happened to be coming to L.A. literally the next day. And Blue so Flame the is, the, is the media group that, that oversees yes. all of that. Yeah, just I'm obsessed. I know. So, I'm, I'm woke to this, but I don't, I don't know if my yeah, audience knows. Yeah, a lot of people don't know who Blue Flame is. And uh, so that's great that you do. Blue Flame is the internal marketing agency that uh, Puff created to help service the brands and clients that he works with. Yes. So the VP was coming in town. Uh, so literally within 24 hours, a call happened. I go and I sit with him uh, at the Combs Enterprise office in L.A. And it's really, really great convo. Really cool guy. You know, we vibed very, very well. And uh, he was like, cool. He's like, yeah, let's just make this official. Like, let's have a proper interview. I was like, great. Let's go for it. Let's do it. So I get about a week and a half to prep for it. And to be honest, I came from a freelance background. I never had a real job. Right. I worked at Staples for like two months. I worked at Starbucks for like 30 days in a skate park. I've <laughs> never had like a real job. I've always been That's a freelancer. Awesome. I've always tried to, you know, just make my own way because I see, you know, what it is when you have somebody who can control your future. I never loved that. I never loved that concept that somebody could Same. control what I'm doing. Right. So uh, thinking about going into like really working for somebody, let alone somebody like Puff was like, oh my God, I was probably the most nervous I'd ever been during that week's process uh, for going into that interview. Were you going into interview with him or interviewing with someone for the team or how, did, how does that, or was it like a round, a series of rounds? So at that time, to my knowledge, I was only supposed to interview with um, his chief of staff. So this is the person who directly hires for him only. Right. Like that's their only job because he has his personal team is quite big. Yeah. If you really like know the inner workings. Mm -hmm. um, so I looked up, you know, who that person was. I happened to find an interview that person did talking about how millennials should interview. I was like studying everything I can to make sure that there was nothing going into that interview that would take me for a loop. Like right. I wanted to just, I went and got a brand new suit. Right. I don't even like wearing suits. I bought a <laughs> suit specifically for the interview. Oh I went, I got the fire haircut. I was just, I had my power stance on. Like I was just ready. Damn. And I go, I, I get there, and as I'm pulling into the the Soho House building, that's where our office is. That's amazing. So as I pull in that day, um, ironically, of course, Puff is pulling in right in front of me. Wow. So I hop out of my car which is at that time was a Ford and Puff hops out of his Maybach and right. there's two Range Rovers in front of him with his whole team. So if you watch Puff over the years, you know, that's obviously nothing new, right. but witnessing it for yourself in person is the most intimidating thing ever. 
I can like, imagine. Just, yeah, it's like the sound of like the boots getting out. Like you know, like everyone. Oh my god! Like yeah, you yeah. see his assistants. They have multiple bags. You got security. He's wearing just basketball shorts and a t-shirt. Right. But he still looks like the richest guy in the valet. And he's just really relaxed. He's waving to everybody, shaking, you know, the people's hands who work there. He goes in the elevator, and I'm trying to avoid getting in that elevator, but the elevators are all locked. So security has to unlock each elevator to let certain people up. That's how secure the building is. Right. So they pushed me in the elevator with him, and I immediately was like, nope, not getting out on this floor. I am going straight to the lobby and letting that man do his own thing. I was like, I did not want to walk in with him. I was like, wow, like the universe is testing me right now. There's no way that of all times we get in the elevator together. And all I thought about (laughs) was if this is my first initial meeting with him. Right. Is it going to be me freaking on the elevator? Like, you know, he's watching really just because he's trying to make sure whoever's standing next to him isn't going to bother him. Right. It's like, I don't want to be that guy. And then maybe 20 minutes later, they're like, oh, hey, he's interviewing for so-and-so. So I went down to the lobby, went right back up, sat down for the interview. I'm ready. I'm like, I got my, my leather binder. I got my resume. I got all this stuff. I'm going over questions in my head. And the lady comes in. And she looks at me and she's like, your tie's backwards. And I was like, wait, what? And I looked down and my tie like flipped over. For some reason, my tie was just flipped over. And that one sentence completely just threw me for a loop. I was so demoralized for some reason because (laughs) my tie was flipped over. I couldn't recover. Like I literally couldn't get myself back into the right mindset. So every question she asked me was like, she was speaking a foreign language. And there were basic questions, and I just couldn't find my rhythm. I couldn't come back. And I felt the interview literally just shifting left. Like, I didn't get it. I just knew. I felt it. I didn't get it. And at the same time, I saw Puff walking back and forth, looking in the room a little bit, too. So it was just like all these things were happening. I was like, oh, God, this yeah. isn't going to happen. So she gets up and leaves. Five minutes later, his day-to-day manager comes barging in the room. And his name is Eli. And Eli's like, yo, who are you? What are you doing here? Just like really, really aggressive. <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, uh, uh, wh- uh, I, I don't know why I'm here. What? what? What's going on? <laughs> Just freaking out. I don't even know how to respond. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, uh, I'm here to interview for the head of Ciroc's social media. He's like, what? Hold on. Literally goes around, comes back with a laptop. He's like, you're interviewing with me. He's like, show me your portfolio. Let me see your resume. Just like the most aggressive Jersey guy ever. Right. And I'm like, this is just, I didn't know what to do. I right. just like handing him, talking to him, whatever he's asking. You probably felt like you already like lost and I was this like, point. Whatever. Right, right. That's so funny. Yeah, I was just like, this is just a weird formality. Because Eli at the time was dressed completely casual compared to the other people in the office. I was like, oh, he must be the exit interview guy. Right. Whatever. So he looks at everything, looks at my portfolio. He's like, yo, sit here real quick. You want some water? I'm like, no, I'm good. I was just, I just wanted to get the hell out of there. You're trying to like, breathe. I just wanted to run to my car. Yeah. I just want to go and cry in the seat. And I'm like, I ruined this. And he comes back and he's like, yo, you want to meet him? I'm like, meet who? He's like, come on, let's go meet him. I was like, I'm not meeting anybody. He's like, yo, stop being a bitch. He's like, go meet him. I was like, ah. You say something like that, I'm like, well, I guess I got to go meet him. Right, right, right. So I go down the hall. I go into his completely oversized, intimidating, beautifully designed office. He has like four couches in there. He's sitting in the back in like his own personal lounge. I'm like, this this can't be real. Right. I was like, this this must be the most awkward, just you didn't get it 
interview ever. <laughs> so they have me sit down on the couch. I sit down. He looks at me. He's like, yo, let's go sit at the table. Oh, my God. He's already doing the Diddy mindfuck. He's pushing me all over the room. Like, oh, my God. So we go and sit down. And he pretty much doesn't say anything for, like, three minutes. And he's just scrolling in his phone, right? Like, texting whatever. And he looks up, and he's like, so are you good? I was like, uh, I think I'm good. I don't, I don't really know how to answer this question. And he puts his phone down, and I see that he scrolled my entire Instagram timeline to my very first post. And I'm like, Jesus, bro. My first post is like an iPhone 3 with right. hella filters. I was like, did you just study my entire life on social before you just talked to me? Starts asking me the most random questions. What's your favorite movie? I panicked. I just happened to go happen to see Ghostbusters that week. I was like, Ghostbusters. He's like looking at me like Ghostbusters. He's like, well, what type of film? Like, what do you? How do you like to edit? And I was like, well, I like film noir. He's like, so why don't you say a film noir movie? And I was like, well, Ghostbusters is a classic. Like we started having this random, awkward exchange right. that had nothing to do with Ciroc or social media. And uh, you know, a couple more questions go by. I pretty much at this time was like, well, did you I get know him to I laugh or something? Like, was there like was there a moment in the conversation? There was a said? lot of like witty humor I was throwing at him because I pretty much assumed at that time I didn't get it, and this is just a formality, right? So they didn't, so he didn't come off rude. So I was like, fuck it, I'm about to just be myself. So I was just rude. I was just being like the type of guy I really am. I was cracking jokes, and I shake his hand. I leave as I'm running to the elevator to rethink my life. <laughs> Eli comes running out. He's like, yo, what did you say? And I was like, honestly, Eli, I don't know what I said. I was like, I think I just blacked out. I was like, I need to go have like a I nap, a drink, and right, right, water, right. And, yeah. and kale or something. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> I was just so yeah, you're hilarious, bro. Long we need to be friends after this podcast. <laughs> long story short, three days later, I don't hear from anything from anybody. And the guy in New York who initially set this all up calls me, and he's like, bro, what did you say in that interview? And I was like, bro, I don't know. And he was like, I am getting free lunch. He was like, the head of HR wants to take me out for dinner. He's like, everybody wants to stop patting me on the back. He fucking loves you. And I was like, how? What did I do? Because I don't remember anything. Wow. It was one of those scenarios. It was like, when I thought I didn't have it, like I didn't have the job, yeah. I was fearless just to be myself. Exactly. And realize in that scenario, like it was just... Me and another guy talking. Like, that was it. Yeah. Nothing I could change about that scenario. I was like, fuck it. We're just going to have a conversation. Hell yeah. And I'm going to at least walk away and tell people that I got to talk with Puff about loving Ghostbusters. It's just proof that, like, two people could sit down and have a conversation and get to know each other. Um, and that's really what I want to get across in this podcast is that you could be at two different skill set levels. One person can be running a whole bunch of crazy stuff. The other person, like me, I've only been in the field for like two, two and a half years at this point, and I'm, and I'm working on it. But I love the notion that you can just kind of chop it up and talk and tell funny stories. And I'm trying to get people that are just entering, like entry-level creative professionals, I'm trying to get them to not be so transactional about these things and just come at, come at things that just like, two human beings like we're doing right now, like having a conversation. Sometimes just being real and being yourself can stand out so much in a world where people are always wanting something.